Greetings, everybody in Shoreline Church. Welcome to this uh, very special Christmas sermon here. Um, Merry Christmas to all of you and your family. Um, good afternoon, good morning, good night, whenever you're watching this. Um, I'm sure uh, Christmas has been a very special day that everybody's been looking forward to this year, um, whether for in a positive way or in a negative light. Um, so if anybody doesn't know me, my name is Ryan Figueroa. I am um, in the campus ministry and, um, you know, I, I kind of serve the teens in, in, in a way too. Um, I don't know if you've some, some of you have seen me around church or not, but I'm going to be um, doing the sermon for, for Christmas today. Um, as I said, I'm sure Christmas is a day that we've all been um, either stressed out about or looking forward to, right? And I think uh, the younger you go, right, maybe your little kids are um, ecstatic for Christmas, right? They can't wait. They can't wait to open those presents. They can't They can't wait to, uh, you know, I don't know, be around family, right? Um, it just the Christmas cheer is so awesome. But some of you um, had to go buy those gifts. Some of you had to sacrifice time, effort, money to be able to afford that. Some of you have to sacrifice time and effort to see your family and maybe you don't want to do that right maybe some weren't disciples or maybe you don't get along with them um there's some tension there and there's uh obviously that creates a little schism right there um and you know we all have our reasons right and so um as christians right uh we're celebrating our own savior's birth here um which you know we can't really lose sight of that right um so it's amazing um but that this all kind of, um, this all basically ties into patience, right? Um, some of us are really patient for Christmas. Uh, some of us are really patient for other blessings in our life. And some of us aren't, right? And God teaches us the essential to life is patience. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I know in my life, I am a very ambitious person, um, for those of you who don't know, I graduated from Cal State Channel Islands last year, but I'm getting my master's at Channel Islands um, in business, and I, um, I'm playing college baseball for them. And uh, in my mind, that's actually, that's been my childhood dream, is to play professional baseball. And so I work day in and day out so hard. I, I basically work out four hours a day just trying to get better at baseball. And, you know, it's not looking too good, you know, whether I want to go pro or not, but I pray to God every single day. Um, that if he's willing, he blesses it for me, right? Um, but a part of me is basically just um, impatient for that in my heart. Um, and I'm, I'm like, God, like, show me, show me that this is what you want from me, right? Show me that this is what you are desiring of me. And, you know, I can be the same way with other things as well. And I'm sure so many of us out there feel this way about something in our lives, whether it's a job, whether it's a person, um, what you know, if we're waiting on them to to get to God, right, or whether it's um, for some something that we desperately need in our lives, right? Maybe we're hurting, maybe we're in pain, and we're like, Lord, just heal me from this pain that I'm going through, right? But it's tough because the Lord doesn't answer that prayer right away. He always says, "Not yet." Sometimes He'll say, "No, I have something better for you," and those are the prayers that aggravate us the most uh those are the answer prayers that aggravate us the most because um we're like oh well how can how i have such a great vision for my life how can something be so much better but the lord blesses it and i'm going to show you um some scripture that backs it up 
and I'm going to show you um, how God can truly bless us with the best, even when we just like, we're like, I don't know when this is going to happen. I don't know what he's going to bless me with. Um, I, I fear living a boring, painful life. Um, and I fear that God's going to, um, you know, make that more apparent in my life. Um, but I, I want him to bless me, right? Um, and I'm going to talk to you guys about that. Uh, and it ties in perfectly with the message of Christ, uh, with, of Christmas, right? Uh, because Christ's birth and John the Baptist's birth, uh, they both coincided as uh, Elizabeth was a cousin of Mary. And we're going to take a look into that. So let's go on and pray for the lesson real quick. Father God, um, I just pray that whoever's watching this, um, that everybody here in Shoreline Church is having a fun Christmas, Lord, and spending great time with their family and friends. And I pray, Lord, that you can help them to be patient in their lives, Lord. I pray that you could um, help them to seek you for the blessings that that they want from you with good intentions, Lord. And I pray that we continue to grow as a church, Lord, that we continue to make disciples as you com as you commission us to, to all do, Lord. And I just pray that we all can just unwind during this Christmas season and we all can just give it all to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading. Um, so we're going to start with the birth of John the Baptist. And we're even going to start with a little prologue here. So it says... Many people have set out to write accounts of the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for your most, honorous, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth and everything you were taught. Now we get into the birth of John the Baptist. When Herod was king of Judah, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. So these are two prominent people. Um, so obviously we're talking about the Jewish faith right here and how these were God's people. These are the Israelites, and they were, in, they were in the Levite clan. They were part of the, I'm sorry, Levite tribe. And they were, they were basically in charge of being priests. And so God had ordained them to do great things. And yet they still, um, they still had faults. They still had needs that they wanted for themselves, right? Uh, Elizabeth wanted to have a child. And that's what we're going to get into right now. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. That's another thing. These people were so great. They were so righteous in the Lord's eyes. Um, they wanted to give everything to God. And still... God didn't bless them with everything right away. They had no children. Oh, let's pick up in verse 7. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. 
God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Now think about that for a second. This was just an ordinary random day for Zechariah. He was serving God at the temple. There were people outside praising him, just praying, right? And all of a sudden, an angel appears to him in this very instance and is like, you're going to have a very special son. Elizabeth has been barren all these years, and you're going to have a son. And we can see that in our lives, too. I don't know if any of you have had an instance in which somebody has, or God has basically come up to you in a seemingly random moment. Not when you wanted, uh, not, not when you prayed for it, but when he deemed you ready. And you didn't even think that you were ready. Um, but yet, God wanted to bless you with something. And furthermore, they didn't even have just a regular son just to continue in the line of priestlyhood, right? They had John the Baptist. They had the one who would eventually baptize Jesus, right? And so it's so awesome to see. I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. I think we can have that doubt sometimes. Amen, Shoreline. I think we can have that doubt that um, that God's not, not going to work with us because we've expired. We think that our time, our time, our, our little window to receive a blessing is over with. Right? We, we, we want something in such a short period of time. That if it happens to us after the fact, we're like, oh, I don't need this anymore. Even though they, they definitely desperately needed this. This was, a, this was a hole that they wanted to fill in their own hearts. They wanted, they wanted a son, right? Verse 19, then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. In our lives, it may not be angels, but it might be people, right? It might be people that um, will say something to us, will give us that job, will give us, uh, will say yes to our proposals, right? Um, it'll be people that um, come into our lives that God will send, right? Just as Gabriel says right here, he's in the very presence of God. God sent Gabriel. And I think that's so awesome because it doesn't necessarily have to be um, some random occurrence in life that God can send, right? Obviously, God's going to send people to us, and it'll feel just like a normal, ordinary interaction. So when we're patient and waiting for the blessings of God, just know that they can come through people, through God, through anybody, right? In verse 21, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then he realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth 
became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is. That's so cool that we serve the God of the universe who does those things. Uh, let's pick up in verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. I think we can have that doubt sometimes. Amen, Shoreline. I think we can have that doubt that um, that God's not, not going to work with us because we've expired. We think that our time, our time, our, our little window to receive a blessing is over with, right? We, we, we want something in such a short period of time that if it happens to us after the fact, we're like, oh, I don't need this anymore. Even though they, they definitely desperately needed this, this was, a, this was a hole that they wanted to fill in their own hearts. They wanted, they wanted a son, right? Verse 19, then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. In our lives, it may not be angels, but it might be people, right? It might be people that um, will say something to us, will give us that job, will give us, uh, will say yes to our proposals, right? Um, it'll be people that um, come into our lives that God will send, right? Just as Gabriel says right here, he's in the very presence of God. God sent Gabriel. And I think that's so awesome because it doesn't necessarily have to be um, some random occurrence in life that God can send, right? Obviously, God's going to send people to us, and it'll feel just like a normal, ordinary interaction. So when we're patient and waiting for the blessings of God, just know that they can come through people, through God, through anybody, right? In verse 21, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then he realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is! She exclaimed, he has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Now they're praising the Lord for everything they have done. Because God doesn't necessarily work in ways to where he gives us a blessing and just that. But he also takes away um, the hurt that we may have had in the past, right? He takes away the pain. Let, let's say some of you might now be might be in so much pain. You might have cancer. You might have a disease that you're like, Lord, get rid of this in me, please. Like, and he doesn't just give us a blessing, but he also takes away that pain. So now we're going to take a look into the birth of our very own Savior, the one who was baptized by John the Baptist, Jesus Christ. The reason for the season, right? Um, so we're going to take we're going to pick up in verse 26 here. So it says in the 6th month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. We all know the story, right? But I do want to talk about it again because I feel that there are things that 
learning about patience, we can definitely learn from the story. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will, will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. That is eight words that we should probably recite and say to ourselves every single day when we pray to God. For the word of God will never fail. Amen. Let's go to verse 38 here. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. We are all the Lord's servant. And and Mary, who was in utter disbelief, right? Uh, and I think this, in Mary's point of view, she wasn't necessarily impatient for something, but she just received a blessing that she had no clue she was going to receive. And sometimes that can happen to us in our own lives as well. Um, but the way that Mary responds is so awesome. It's so humbling. It's so gracious. She says that she is the Lord's servant. And all of us who decide to become disciples, all of us who decide to get baptized in that water, say the same thing, that we are the Lord's servant. So then Mary goes and visits Elizabeth um, because she hears the news, obviously, um, from the angel. And now we're going to pick up in verse 46 here. And this is when Mary just absolutely praises the Lord, right? Um, I, I notice in my life when whenever I do get a blessing that I'm like, yes, you know, it finally came to me, right? Um, it's usually when I have my mind set on God the most. And it's not when I have my mind set on that blessing or set on, set on the world the most. It's when I have my mind set on God uh, because I feel so humble. I feel like I don't deserve it when I get it, right? And I can definitely see that emotion. I, I can see that longing that Mary has right here. So in verse 46, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Think about that for a second. He made this promise to our ancestors. You read the whole entire Old Testament. You read all those prophecies from Isaiah, from Ezekiel, um, from from the line all the way from when Adam 
was created down to Jesus. That's thousands and thousands of years that God had made a promise and he didn't deliver it until this moment right here. God calls us to wait a very long time sometimes before he can ordain the promise he makes for us, before he can ordain um, the blessings that he wants to give us, the prayers that we want answered in the best way possible, in his way. And I think that's so awesome because we can be so impatient during that time. We can be like, why God, why? Why are you making me wait this long? And it's tough, but we have to go through it. And that's why Satan during this time wants to do the opposite. And it is in my firm belief that a lot of sin that we commit as human beings, a lot of sin that we struggle with stems from having an impatient mind, right? Um, because Satan leads you to be tempted to sin while you're waiting for something because you want a quick fix. You want something to get your mind off waiting. You want something to get your mind off the pain. You want something to get your mind off um, everything bad that you're going through. And yet that sin, that temptation is only going to make you fall further and further into that pit. Um, and Satan does this to Jesus himself. We're going to go ahead and read Matthew 4. When Jesus gets up early to pray in the wilderness. Let me turn to it for a second here. And we're going to read in verse 8. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Yeah, if you're Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So Jesus has to wait 30 years to do his ministry. And that's another time in which God was like, no, we got to wait for a little bit, right? You're my, you're my son. And you still got to wait to praise my name and to fulfill the new laws, right? Um, and so Jesus is praying after he's fasted, after he's tired, after he's weak. And the devil's like, oh, I can give it to you all right now. And Jesus says, no, I'm willing to wait until God gives it to me. I think that is so important because that can happen in our lives too. I think we can see that um, within within everything that we do, right? Um, sometimes God calls us to, to wait for something. And then when something similar comes up, we get that urge, we get that feeling to, to go after it. Even when we're like, no, it's, it's, you know, it, it's not the best option. We get that urge. We get that, that feeling like we have to. Because in our lives, we want to satisfy a need for something. And that's why we pray, to, but that's why we pray to God for it. And God's going to give it to us when he wants to give it to us. Because Satan tries to get us, he tries to get us a counterfeit, immediate fix, immediate gratification. 
to to fix that hurt, to fix that um, that impatience, right? But it, it never fixes it. And so we see so many people who are in the world, right, that are struggling um, with a certain sin. But it's because they're impatient in their lives. They want something right now, right? And in this fast-paced world, especially, you know, Ellie's right in our backyard, and we see a lot of uh, heathen-like things go on there because people are like, oh, I want, I want to ratify myself right now. I want this right now. And it's not good. It's not good. Let's now turn to Isaiah 60. And we're going to go all the way to verse 22, right at the end of the chapter. Give you a little sec. And it says, The smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. That last sentence is so applicable to us. Um, and I think hopefully the Lord answers those prayers for us um, right after right after Christmas, right? Um, some of us were stressed. Some of us were strapped with money. Hopefully the Lord answers that question. And is like, you know what? I'm going to bless you with something. And you know it'll be from me. Or I'm going to give you rest, right? Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. And he will make it happen. Um, so God is a God of patience. And the enemy wants you to be impatient with your life. He wants you to give in to immediate gratification. He wants you to give in to settling for something. Settling for something that is not ordained by God. That is, is mid, as my generation calls it. And then, so now uh, we're going to turn to our last scripture. It's going to be James chapter 1, verse 2. And this goes for all of us who are waiting for a pain to go away. Or even all of us who are waiting for clarity from God. It says, this is uh, James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Right? So God wants us to be like, hey, like in my trials, in my waiting, this is cool. Um, that means I get to focus on my relationship with God more. Um, I, get, I get to focus on praying to him, on relying on him for everything in my life. And I'm not relying on what I want from God. I'm not relying on the blessing that I want because that is tangible. That's, you know, even though it's coming from God, it's worldly. It's, it's not God himself. And I think I can see this so many times that God wants us to kind of go through hell on earth, right? Obviously, the, we're not of the world we just live in this world, right? Um, he wants us to go through that hell on earth to experience eternal heaven. Small sacrifices, sometimes that we have to make on the daily basis, right? You know, go to the gym and don't eat that donut, right? Small little things, they lead to great satisfaction at the end. And then we look at the opposite. Satan wants us to experience his version of quote unquote heaven on earth right he wants us to give us a little burst of temporary pleasures temporary happiness 
and he wants us to and ultimately his goal is to drag us down to death because of it because in those temporary pleasures we're not going to find happiness right i think we've all experienced some form of that it's at some point and all that's going to do is just lead us down to our death if we follow the enemy but no we choose god father above is so wonderful our god above is so great so that concludes our lesson today um i hope it um just kind of touched your heart in a way um and if i'm a bad preacher please let me know um i'm working on it so um so with that um i'm just going to pray for our communion and our contribution at the same time um our communion today is a little bit different right um so i ask that with this prayer we all just honor the great christmas food that we're all eating today um I ask that we honor God for it because he sent his only son to save us. And he was uh, he was born on this day according to what we celebrated on. So uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, um, I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful Christmas. I thank you first and foremost for actually sending your son um, who knew all of us, Lord, by name, which is crazy to think about. But he knew all of us and all the sins that we would commit. And he decided to take it all up on him, Lord. So I ask that we just bring up this food to you, Lord, and that we, we take it as his, as his body and his blood. And I ask that we just we take it up to you, Lord, and that we, when we eat it, we truly understand the significance of this Christmas season. And we truly understand the significance of Jesus Christ. And... In the same light, Lord, I pray that we continue to give to this church or that we give willingly. Um, that even if we budget it and it's a set amount every single month, um, you know, which sometimes feels like it's not coming from our hands, but it's coming from a checkbook. Um, I pray that it's still out of the goodness of our hearts. It's still out of uh, the goodness of what the Holy Spirit tells us to give, Lord. So I pray for all of that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, and I hope to see you guys uh, pretty soon.